because you're jumping back into the gut. Oh, let's hey, go. coach. Welcome to the Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Oliver. I appreciate you joining us for this week's podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit basketballimmersion.com for more coaching resources and access to all the basketball podcasts. I hope you will give us a shout out on social media, on Twitter at Bball Immersion, or on Instagram at Basketball Immersion to help me continue to share the game. Enjoy the episode. Excited to welcome German coach Henrik Rodel, head coach of Alitiad Alexandria of the Egyptian Basketball Super League, to the Basketball Podcast. Henrik Rodel is the former German national team head coach that culminated in the team reaching the quarterfinals of the Tokyo Olympics. He also competed for Germany as a player in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. Rodel has won championships in Germany as a player and a coach, and is a past German League MVP alongside others like Dirk Nowitzki and Detlef Schrempf. He played college basketball in the U.S. for Coach Dean Smith at the University of North Carolina, where he won a national championship. Rodel has been head coach of Alba Berlin, TBB Tier, Turk Telecom, and now Alitihad Alexandria. Henrik, welcome to the Basketball Podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, going to be fun to talk to you. We've coached at a lot of different levels, a lot of different places. And uh, let's start with Egypt, because I think it's fascinating to coaches to understand. I mean, certainly Roy Renna, who connected us and different people involved in Egyptian basketball and now yourself. So they're really putting an effort into developing basketball there, aren't they? Really, before last summer, I had no idea about Egypt. I played the Egyptian national team in, in the World Cup 2000. No, it's actually 1995. So, 94. Wow, I'm that old. Yes. In Toronto, the 1994 World Cup in Toronto, and we played them there. I found this out but when one of the assistant coaches came up to me, and I know you. We played each other. So, that was a fun story. But I think a lot of it has to do with the, with the lack of how they communicate their, their product, is, is, and which is not very good, not very professional. There's not a lot of money involved into how they produce games. Very hard to find stats. Everything's in Arabic. And, and so for our world, it's, it's really like a, it's blank in, in, in terms of what they know. I had the, the, the privilege to know Roy Renner, of course, by working with him in, in, in the Tokyo Olympics. And he even asked me in the summer already to see if, if you know, there was an opening there and if I was interested. And, and at that time, I preferred to, to, to wait some. But then they came back later in October and, and looked at it and, and how they had some information. And I knew that the coach was doing a great job there with the Egyptian national team. And, and you know, most of the players actually are in Egypt, which helps the national team. And half of them are on the team that I'm coaching. So the level is much, much better than, than people think. Africa is obviously a, a, a basketball continent with tremendous talent. So many players in the NBA and in other great leagues. And Egypt with Coach Rana now qualified for the World Cup, which is a great accomplishment. But he also has a good team. I mean, and that speaks for, for Egypt. I think they have clubs that, that really work well and, and they produce good young players. Uh, sports is very important. Basketball with handball, sport number two. So it's it's in the news all the time, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised of how professional things are there. Yeah, that's great. And you know, from a pure coaching perspective, was there anything different for you in terms of adjusting to coaching in that league or you know coaching that team, other than obviously language? 
Well, they all speak English. I feel, I mean, at the end of the day, it's you're in your, your, it's basketball and within the, the lines, it, it, things stay the same. The same values stay, the, stay important. I think it's a, a lot of the, the things around it that make things have different, just different, you know. Games don't start on time. Sometimes the referees are not there. Gyms are from like we play in, in facilities that are could be a community center here. And then the next day we'll play in, in a in a in an arena with the like that holds eight thousand. It's super professional. So everything's very up and down and, and and you don't really get a lot of surprises from the outside. But within the the basketball community and when you start practice and facilities are okay and I have a great staff. They work well, and and I have everything that I need to 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 try to make the best out of this team. You know, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more and some of the ways you approach coaching in general. But uh, certainly, we have to talk about Dean Smith a little bit. You played for Dean Smith, won a national championship with Dean Smith, and I know you still credit him with a lot of your success as a coach. And I'm curious, what are some of the the values or the coaching lessons that you still hold from Dean Smith that you apply? Well, I was recruited in the ninety. 90- 1987 to 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 play in high school in in Chapel Hill. We won a state championship here. Obviously, the the university being right next door in a very small town, which is really just the university and 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 some had a lot of chances to 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 watch them play. Coach Roy Williams did a camp in Germany 1985. So that's the first time I heard about the University of North Carolina and and Michael Jordan and you know and all the history of that and. We stayed in touch, and and that's instrumental to me to to make the decision to come to to play high school here, and also then to to attend the University of North Carolina. And the things I remember the most is 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 just the 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 seriousness about basketball, the the community, but and also the planning. You go into the locker room; they have a practice plan up, and and you know exactly what's going to happen. It's very mathematical, very clear very structured always had a thought of the day a thought of the defensive thought of the day so you you knew it was coming and uh, just the the five assistants also really worked in a, in a way that was uh, everybody knew what they were supposed to be doing it was clockwork you know and then it, it's like uh, the, the one hour and a half of practice to me was always the hardest one hour and a half of practice that i've ever played or, or witnessed or or I did because because of how it was organized and how intense every drill was, and we wanted to move from one drill to the other. So that, those are the first impressions that I had of why this was so good and so successful. But it's also the values that come with it. You know, it's 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 always about team. It's never about one guy. And even though Michael Jordan played there and other greats, it was always about the 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 university, about the team. And I think that once you just you know identify with that and and you see it work, it's it's just an imprint that that stays with you. We won our senior year in 1993 with a team that that I, most people don't know any of the players because they were not great stars. They were some NBA players, but mostly it was a team, and we played 11 guys deep, and and we just played hard and together, and and tried to play it smart as much as possible. <laughs> But it was really a very confident group at that time in in feeling that that we could we could win the this way, and that's again that's an imprint that I have that won't ever go away. It's just you know guys feeling like okay what we're doing is the right thing and we all believe in the same thing and we're doing it, and that builds confidence and that really I remember going into games and even when we're down ten with five minutes to go we felt like we were winning because we knew coach was going to come up with something but also we knew how to execute and it's. 
it was a it was a great feeling to be part of that that kind of scenario and the, the feeling that you have that the confidence that you were going to win at the end tremendous to hear about that and you know dean smith had such an influence you mentioned thought of the day that's a big thing the competitive call drone he brought that to a lot of basketball coaches just the competition within practice and then you know obviously multiple offenses and defenses it's just a textbook on coaching one thing i want to ask you about is the, the, the way that he was able to stay in touch with his former players and be able to maintain that connection, that's something that shines through from so many players. And I'm wondering what you took from that kind of connection after the fact, when you were still obviously a big part of his life and his program. Well, it's uh, when you're part of it, you, you, don't, you don't feel it's that special. You're just like, okay, this is how, how it is and how it's supposed to be. But even to this day, we have a, a player in a former player group that connects with each other and, and we help each other out. And that's all based on, on his philosophy. And, you know, that's, it's when you start talking to other people in other programs and you're like, yeah, so have you been in touch? And like, why would, would I be, you know, they, 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 it's, it's just an incredible culture here. I go back here and I'm, I am now in Chapel Hill uh, visiting my family here and I go in the gym and I go, go into the office and, and they know me and they, and obviously there's some players some of some coaches right now that they would play with me but you know even the, the the years before every time i go in there they know me they know what's what i'm doing and they are super friendly and they help and open open doors it's it's really an incredible feeling of of belonging to to something special and uh, it there is a carolina family I, I i believe in that truly and and that's that's it's really special to be part of that and obviously when you go there you don't know that but you have guys coming back all the time in the summer talk to you about this and once I graduated and the coach and how he, he stayed in touch and how he's always available, not helped that much in Europe because he's not as much influence, but I knew of all my other teammates and, and, and how much he's helped them over here and, and how connected he was with everyone. I don't know where he found the time to do all that, but he did. You know, somebody asked him for something, he, he would certainly follow up on it. Yeah, amazing, amazing influence on so many. And I'm curious then, having coached in the professional leagues for so long, was there some parts of that that you could replicate? To be able to build that connection with players and former players or is it much more challenging obviously at that level um it is challenging but i think the approach is the same i think if you do start caring about your players you know some will care back and and the more you 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 put into it the, the more you'll get out and i always felt that I'm a, I'm a coach that tries to to build good relations and 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 you know now that i'm i'm not the youngest coach out there anymore and you know sometimes i go around and i see a lot of guys that i have coached and to have them come to me and and then have a positive feeling about it and some I, I I stay in touch with, you know, over the years and, and very close and they become really good friends of mine. So I think it's also a personality thing, but it's something that I've, I've learned also from Coach Smith for sure. Yeah, it's great. You mentioned you referenced the biggest wins in your career as a player and a coach have come with exceptional teams that had exceptional chemistry. Obviously playing hard, playing smart, all those things. But can you talk a little bit about the, some of the different ways as a coach you've been able to foster that exceptional chemistry that's led to success? I think the exceptional chemistry that was there on the 93 team and also the chemistry that we had on the national team 93 that won the European Championship with Germany. For example, the team that the coach Renna and I coached to the Olympics also had that. And that's something, uh, it's exceptional because, and, and it doesn't happen every year. You try to have, make good choices in the selection. You try to create a good culture of chemistry and team and to me defense and defense always builds chemistry together and and to 
focus on it in every practice and it'd be something in my vocabulary that's that's there all the time before after like like in my life really to 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 say that together we can do this and it's much much easier not and it, that's the way to do it and and i have felt it but obviously you know sometimes it works better than in other other times and but i have seen at work in ways where it's it's almost miraculous that you would we would win in a way where you absolutely not expected to do i think you with a team that's really functioning well and has great chemistry you can really like you you can change the world and uh, that's a feeling that i always keep keep telling everyone that that's involved with whatever i do and and that's what i'm aiming for and it obviously not always works but you have to have the right people for it and then, then you know things have to be the right way but when they do happen, it's something special and it's miraculous and, and it's something you never forget. And you, you, you strive for it every day to, to, to replicate that. Absolutely. And in an article of an interview with you, I read that, you know, showing compassion is a big part of this, showing that you care. But I think one of the points that you made was finding an upside in a relationship with a player, which was always something that you were trying to do is find an upside because then you felt you could challenge them more. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that if you don't like the person you work with, it's very hard to to make them a better player. And I I feel like the that the the biggest job of a coach is to find out who the guy is in front of you and and what he can do and 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 find the best role possible for your team that he can excel and that he can make the team better. That's that's like the most important part of coaching is to try to find ways to have the the guys that you have and you don't have the same guys all the time not the same talent i've coached youth i've coached nba guys i've coached you know like i'm now in egypt and and every time it's a different person it's a different type of talent and level of talent and i i feel like the most important job that i have is to try to evaluate the personality that you have in front of you first and to figure out are they capable of learning which way are they learning the best and and then to fit them into into the structure of of a team that that to be successful i think that's the fascination of coaching and it changes every year even if the same guys come back everything always changes sports and basketball moves all the time nothing ever stays the same uh so that, it's 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 absolutely fascinating and something that you know i i think about every day what can i do to this guy or with with this guy and and uh, you know is there something i can do to help and and all that's that's also part of what I tell my coaching staff. If they know some somebody is struggling in some way, then I need to know. Maybe I can help. Maybe not. But the more I know about their personal life and every every everything that they think about and 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 find the best in to them and, and try to see what they can do to improve, then then I think that's that's the key to success. I love it. I love that you phrase it as the fascinating part of coaching because seeing people seeing people grow in particular is such a fascinating part of the process. Coach, I mean, another big influence on you, Sveshlav uh, Peshek, who is famous, most famous for so many things in Europe, but one of the most famous coaches ever in Europe. So talk to us a little bit about his influence and, uh, you know, how that continues on to today. Uh, Sveshlav Peshek is now also the Serbian national team coach. For those who don't know, it's, it's Nikola Jokic's coach for the summer. <laughs> so in the World Cup, he will coach the best player on the, on the planet right now. And I've known him since 19... 85 i think and that's the first time he was coaching one of the 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 yugoslavian back then was yugoslavia uh, youth teams and he was also coaching the 1987 world cup team in Bormio, italy with with dino raja with vladi diva Tony kukoc lots of greats from back in the area and era and they they won the championship against the u.s team which was also very good 
as under 19 World Cup and and it's Stacey Augman and Larry Johnson and Gary Payton, Scott Williams. There's some good players. Uh, it was great games. And so we've been, I've been following uh, Svetislav Pesic since those times. And then he became the German national team coach. And uh, obviously you, we were young and, and uh, he was, he was also always pushing me to, to, to get better. And even though a totally different background and a totally different language and somewhat a different approach, I always felt that he, he, the values that he had were very similar to those of coach Dean Smith. He was very, he was very interested in the player. He had different methods to motivate. It was very, very hard to play for him, but at the end, I always felt that he wanted to, uh, wanted me to become a better player and for us and the team to win and the values of team and hard work and, and, and playing together were the same. So played for him in the national team six years and then on the club for another six. So I played for him for a long time. We won a lot, a lot of titles together. And so obviously that's a, a huge imprint on, on me also. But like I said, different approach, but same values. Yeah, it must have been wonderful to have those two contrasts in terms of, you know, mentors in terms of how to coach and how to approach your coaching. And, you know, I'm imagining somewhere you've grabbed parts of both of them to be able to become who you are as a coach, haven't you? Well, I feel like we can learn from everyone. The best, the worst, any person really like like doesn't even have to be a coach. I think that I'm always out there, you know, meeting people and they're telling me something. I'm like, oh man, I can use this. This is good. This is some good stuff. I I very, very much appreciate the time that Coach Renner spent spent with us on the German national team and he taught me a lot of stuff. I'm I'm learning every day. Those two guys, Svetislav Pesic and, and Dean Smith, probably had the most influence on 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 how I see the world of basketball. But it's a it's 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 a it's a work in process and progress. I, I hope I I still I'm still learning and I am every day, and you got to have an open heart for it. And and but the values kind of stay the same. Love it. And you know I want to ask you a few things. I mean, be, be, having coached the national team and been involved in the national team as a player and as a coach and an assistant coach, you're you're well schooled to be able to talk about this. One of the challenges with a lot of those situations that I know other coaches have these situations come up is short preparation to get ready to play games. Can you talk a little bit about your process in terms of getting your team ready in these really short windows to be able to play really meaningful games? It's, I can tell you, is really a, a, a huge challenge. But I, I, I feel that after, after a while, you kind of get used to it. That, that's, you, 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 as a coach, you want everything to be perfect. And everybody know everything at the, at the whole time. But if you have three days to prepare for a qualifying tournament, then it, it gets really hard. We had like two weeks for the Olympics, for the Olympic qualifying. So that's, that's a lot more time. And, but still, it's not, not a lot. But I, I feel like you, you focus on, 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 on those things that are most important to you and, and you stay as simple as possible. And you go from there. And then, you know, sometimes you have very, very smart players. I mean, we played some some qualifying games in, in the summer with the NBA guys. And then there's Dennis Roder and Maxi Kleber and then and, and Daniel Tice and, and, you know, Franz Wagner or Moritz Wagner. Those guys, you know, they pick up stuff really quick and so you can move on and, and, and it's not as hard. But then sometimes in the qualifying during the season, they're not available and the year league players aren't available. And I know Coach Rena has coached these kinds of windows before. And then the talent drops dramatically. Uh, they're still great kids, but then you have to go slower and you have to, you know, there's, there's less that you can do. I think that in, in all cases, the attitude and the effort and, and the, 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 the team chemistry is, is, is the key. 
and then you try to put as much into into the tactics and, and basketball as much as you can be as best prepared obviously you know if you have that short a time we spend a lot of time talking to the players prior to that even though they were in season so they were ready for what was coming the job is is really done before those three days and then the three days is just you know three days of practice and then you play but you really have to communicate and build relationships and tell everybody what what to do have zoom meetings that kind of stuff so goes a lot of work goes into that and it's not only the three days but it's 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 a, a huge challenge but at the same time it's the same for for canada and germany and, and all the other countries and so not much advantage there even though egypt i must say they had a month to prepare for the last window because the federation just stops play germany would not do that <laughs> so some countries can actually do that so it, it's not all even yeah that's interesting and you mentioned, I mean, focus on some of the things or so focus on the things that matter to you. So on offense, what are some of the things that matter to you now and certainly in those short prep? Well, certainly in the beginning, you have to to, to figure out how, how to to work your transition, because that's the that's the most important part of in, when you don't have so many so much time to 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 have a, a huge amount of plays. So try to have that as 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 clear as possible the options that you want to have the positions they want to have the also the habits of running and then simple simple situations like drag screens or or, or even rim runners or you know how to how to act at that and then most importantly to 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 create some some kind of culture of ball movement even though again in those three days it's very hard to 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 create habits you are pretty much dependent on what you did in the other windows before or if you have a new team it's it's the things that you focus on. And again, that's what I said before. I think it's 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 how you talk to them before, how you talk to them during, during the meals, how you talk to them when you're privately with them and things that you stress, if there's something that's important to you and ball movement and team playing together is very important to you, then you start to practice with that. You know, you're driving kicks, driving kicks, driving kicks, just so so they they understand, okay, this is what we're doing here. You know, when we go back in the club, it might be different. But this is what we want to see here and 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 keep it as simple as possible. But it's it's the same message all the time. This is we do this so we can get an advantage and then we'll play together to find the best shot. That's kind of how how that goes. I love that. And you mentioned obviously playing in transition. So I'm curious, what what are your focuses on makes in terms of are you having designated inbounder? Or are you having certain players go to specific spots or is it more free? What are you focusing on on makes? Okay, closest big will take the ball out and, and then the highest outlet possible to, to a designated guard and then try to have the wings in the corners as, as soon as possible if, we, if, if we, we can't get an advantage right away. So just to, to have spacing is most important. Run, running habits is most important and the right people with, in, in, with the ball. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's simple actions and like a drag screens or a drive and kick. And that's about it. Hey, Coach, a brief timeout from the podcast to bring you the Analytics Minute, sponsored by Hoopsalytics. How do you decide who your biggest impact players are? Traditional stats don't tell the whole story, which is why high-level pro and college teams rely on analytics systems like Hoopsalytics to make data-driven lineup decisions. Examining team stats when a player is on the floor tells a more compelling story. For example, you can use net points per possession to determine your best two-way players as well as your offensive and defensive stars. Or use the team rebounding percentage for each player to see who has the biggest impact on rebounding. 
the results may surprise you. Hoopsalytics brings the most powerful analytics to teams of all levels. It's easy to use and affordable. It's like AI for basketball coaches. Discover how Hoopsalytics can help you make better data-driven coaching decisions. Visit hoopsalytics.com ball. That's H-O-O-P-S-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S dot com slash ball today to learn more and start analyzing your games for free. Love it. And then anything different on misses in terms of how you're approaching that? That to me has a lot to do with the personnel. I have in Egypt right now, a guy that played at Louisville. His name is Anas Mahmoud. He's a seven-footer, very skinny, incredibly fast, and he's a good ball handler. So when he gets the ball, I want him to push the ball. So not everybody has a big that can run the pass break as a point guard, you know, and a seven-footer can do that. But if you do, to me, it's just the fastest way to get up there and, 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 and you know, get, find people in, in good positions. And as everybody wants to get open shots in transition, because those are the easiest shots. And, and so we try to push push the ball as, as soon as, as possible. And and if you are have a capable big man, I want him to you know go in and you know dribble and pass as soon as he has somebody in front of him. Great. Great to have that versatility with that type of player. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned drag as an option and obviously in transition if you don't have an early, early score. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you prepare your team and your players to be able to play against different types of coverages? Let's just say, because you mentioned drag, let's focus on that type of action. What type of things are you doing to prepare them for those things? Well, in, in transition, I, I, I love the guy not, 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 not always to, kind of do, to, to stay, you know, the big man to stay with the, with the ball handler. And if he's possible, he can run in front and come back and, and make more of a step up screen than, than like really a side drag screen. Why I would like to do this if we have good spacing on a step up screen that that not necessarily an angle on there for the defense to know where the guy is going to go. So you can go both ways. You know, if it's a straight step up screen, if we can do that, that would be great. If it's a drag screen from the side in transition, most teams cannot hedge or trap or, you know, it's going to be a contain or, or drop. So then you you can you can you can school that in five on zero, three on zero and how to how to attack the drop. When the when the guy out of the corner lifts and corner lifts and those kinds of things and how to roll and you can take that apart in two and all and three and all four and all five and all and as as much as you want but because in transition most of the time it's going to be a, a drop or a contain defensively maybe a switch but but even that would be something that you could work on easily in in any situations without defense really. So without defense and then incorporating defense into it. Is your preferred style in terms of offensive installed? Is it five on zero to five on five, or do you start different way? What is your way to be able to install offense initially? I really love working individually first, so the everybody gets different parts in the beginning. You, you separate guards and, and bigs and on two sides, or if you have more baskets, you can even go into into more details on positioning. And, and really build that up and go into two on zero, three on zero, and four on zero, how that looks. Really take the small steps. I, I love playing three on three in in, in certain situations. Really all defensive situations, so three on three is, is almost the biggest part of my of, of my practices because you can you have high repetitions, but you can really focus in on, on the action at, at that point. Obviously, you have to incorporate that into a four on four, five on five at some point to 
to to see what the other guys are doing. But most most actions in basketball can can be taught in three on three to me, and 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 the focus can be really high on that. And there's high repetition. And and to me, it's a it's it's a it's something that I I, I do every day with with our players. Three on three is a huge part of my my coaching. Why parts at the beginning? What's what's behind that philosophy for you? Well, I think that the 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 players in 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 they need to understand you know, first that what we want that can be done in five on zero at some point, but you know just to build it up and to understand okay this is the ball handler okay where do you want the ball which how do you run the pick and roll you don't need five guys for this you you can do this on with one guy you can have a chair as a defender you know it's it's a, you know those those things and they build you know that it's guys for them to learn. It's it's easier to to start in 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 a with a simple simple environment and 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 only like maybe one defender or no defender at all, and then you build from there. So they understand really the small steps of what I want them to do, and how they want to want to and the things that they want to look at. If you put somebody in five on five right away, they they won't understand the small steps that take take you to you know who's open, what's the defense doing, how you're supposed to react, and you go step by step. And I, I, to me, five on five is, is really end of the end of the practice drill. You know, you kind of put things together, you play some, and sometimes you don't even play. You just want to see that they're, they're, that whatever you build up to in this practice really had an effect and a learning effect. And again, has to do a lot with personnel. Some people work, and and it's it's faster learning, and you can move on to the to the next step. But I really feel like even the the biggest stars they love working on on their own game and they love working by themselves it also gives you different attention to the player i love individual workouts working with guys you can feel them really well and i can understand and explain things so much better when when it's just me in in me and him so it's it's very important for me to 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 have the small steps in instead of just just team practice 515 thanks for sharing that and you mentioned the individual workout stuff have you found a difference i mean Back in the day, obviously, when you were more of a player, it was two a days in Europe, and that seems to be less of a trend now. Are you doing it pre and post practice more the individual workouts? Or are you doing it as a separate time? I think that also has a lot to do with the with the circumstances that you have and the types of teams. Obviously, if you are coaching the NBA, they play and have individual workouts and not much team practice. There's just not enough time. If you if you have a three day window to prepare for for Olympic qualifying, hard to work individually a lot. You can you do that some and it'll be part of it, but you can't work that much because you have to bring in a whole system. And so it's a lot of five on zero and a lot of explaining in, in five on five situations. If I have a team like I do right now, we play mostly twice a week. There's a lot of time, and I'm also a big believer on 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 giving guys an opportunity to work extra. If you work on a on a team, I, I had two guys that were 35 and 37 this year, and and I was ha- happy and lucky when when they were not injured. <laughs> so I don't do a lot of extra work with them. So, but I do have to also have a bunch of 20 year olds and, and, and they have a lot of energy. So I can't go two hours and kill the 37 year olds, but I can also not only go one hour, then, then the young guys don't get enough. So I usually split that and give, give enough time for individual workouts for the young guys. And for some it's mandatory and for some it's not, but a lot of the guys love working on their own. And if they see that you care and you do a good job working with them, they'll come back and and work and and get better. 
that's such a great point about the variable ages, especially at the professional level. And, yeah, and, it, sure. and that applies at all levels. Not all players need the same thing at the same yeah. time. So that's such sure. a great example for all of us. And then you mentioned coach three on three, and uh, I love three on three. I think most coaches agree with that. Curious, what are the different ways that you play three on three? Is it mainly half court three on three, make it, take it? What are the, some of the different types of rules or constraints you use to be able to play three on three? Okay, I, I try to build all my defensive principles in three on three. And a huge, a huge block of my practice will be in the beginning after they warmed up and already go and maybe did, did some individual workouts and stuff. But when they are ready to go, we'll go three on three. And 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 really, it's 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 whatever the emphasis is. It can be we're playing a team that's that that works and you know does a lot of pin downs. Then we'll go into pin down situation. Or if it's a team that does a lot of cross screen to to post up, then we'll work on the cross screen. If it's a team that plays them, obviously all teams play pick and roll, and then we'll. We'll try to create habits of how we want to play that. What happens when do we switch? When do we not switch? What's what are the different coverages that we have? There's so much stuff. I I really most most of the days I'll start with three guys out and just play. Let's just have ball pass the ball to one side and let them let them play three on three just regular. So we 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 right away we will establish help side. We establish communicating. We establish one on one situations. And offensively, the guys, you know, are not in, in in so much of a structure. They have to also read the game. And three on three, this 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 it looks in the beginning looks like it's it's so easy, but it's really not when you do it at full speed and you create good habits this way. And and so it's really like whatever the emphasis of the day is, I I can I can really almost do. There, there, there aren't like if, if you play a Spanish pick and roll, the other team plays Spanish pick and roll, you can do that three on three. Of course, it helps if you have more guys to help. But all, all habits defensively, especially to me, I think can be created or recreated in three on three. And, and there's a really good intensity to it because then everybody's watching, you know, and it's, it's, I think that's also important. If, you know, if you spread out the, the teams too much and they don't, it's like, they feel like it doesn't matter that much. Or if you have five coaches looking at you playing three on three and your teammates are also looking and they're trying to correct you and the you know, everybody's in, in really enthusiastic about what you're doing. It, it creates a good, good working atmosphere and, and hopefully carries over to five from five then. I love it. And we, we mentioned before Dean Smith, you know, tracking everything in practice in terms of stats and winning and losing and stuff like that. Are you, do you value that at the professional level or are you able to do that at the professional level the same way? And then maybe if not, just are there consequences, you know, to three on three in terms of winners, losers, et cetera? Okay, I, I we are able to 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 uh, to have cameras in practice. So so I have, and I, I I think it's very important for coaches to do that if they have the time and the facilities and and obviously the capability to doing that. But to have somebody film the practice, and uh, I watch every practice that we do afterwards to 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 reconfirm of how we did it, what we do, and and there's so many things that I feel like I missed. Oh, I missed there, and and or maybe I was on the other side, so they're filming the other side, and so. And and I can break it down. I can and send some sequences to some of the players and tell them, okay, this is what we did in practice. This is why I told you to have a hand up. This is why this is important. This is why you have to be stepping over in one more step. And and and, and video work is a huge part of what I do. And so it's we didn't do this very much at Carolina. We didn't do practices or practice analysis, but they they for sure filmed it. And I'm sure that next day 
the coaches were prepared for that. And at that time, as a player, I didn't think that that <laughs> that was necessary at all. But we, you know, I I feel like the seriousness of of the practices when when there's something is happening, and I come back on the next day to a player and say, "You remember yesterday? You did this and this." And they they see you care, and you, they see that that's important to you. Then the next time they will think about, and and it's it's a part of learning. So that's that's what we do this a lot. I love that. And then I mean, obviously, the method of being able to deliver film to players is so much easier than back yes. today, oh, clearly yeah, as yeah, well, sure. which makes it so much easier. And uh, when you do deliver film to players, what are some things that you really really think have a, a effect on players in terms of the biggest impact? Well, we had in Carolina. I think still does does that. They have the board in the in the in the in the locker room with the you know things some defensive emphasis, and you get a scoreboard for games and practices. And and okay, we don't we don't do it quite like that, but I do think it's very important to 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 show both the things that you don't don't like, and you 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 give uh, clear 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 advice on how you want it to be looking and then you give good examples and not necessarily of that but i always after games i have a winning play section and you know it's, it, it can be sometimes it's not very long <laughs> when it doesn't didn't didn't go well but every time you know even when we don't do well there's some stuff that we know this is a winning play somebody's diving on the floor i i need to make sure that they see that first of all I think the the player loves seeing themselves doing well, gives them confidence in what we do, but they also feel appreciated. And then that's very important. Players, good players like to be corrected and also, you know, but it's always, it's it's tough when you correct them all the time and you don't tell them anything that, that they do well. And then at some point, I think they, they'll shut down. And I also, I, I love putting winning plays sections together because it also makes me feel better. Like, okay, we were terrible yesterday, but there, you know, I, I can see some progress and I can see that they understood some of it and we can build on that. And then next practice, again, it's, it's something right? they, they call this culture these days. You know, it's just like, you know, who you are, what you want, what you want to see in the play, in, in the team, on the player, with the player. Talk about that all the time. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Be that yourself and be about winning all the time. And I think that it doesn't come overnight, but I think the players love that section also. They, they, they can't wait to see, okay, you know, some, some, I will, I will also on a, on a good day, show some bloopers, you know, something that's funny. You know, I, I don't think you need to be serious all the day, all the time, but, but, you know, they, in the beginning, they need to, they need to see what they didn't do right, but they also need to know that they're still appreciated and, and the way to go. Great stuff. Winning plays. Absolutely. And are you doing that with them? Is an assistant doing it with them? Are you doing it in big groups? Are you doing it in small groups or a little bit of everything? I think it's uh, there is some pattern to it, but not always. I feel like when things are going well, sometimes I'll just send it out to the WhatsApp group and, and then they'll, they'll and then in the practice, I, I, I ask some of them, so did you see it? And, and it does happen sometimes that I, I'll catch somebody that did not watch it, but most of the time players want to know how they did. I mean, they want to know how the team is. They want to know what the coach is thinking. And so when I put something in the group and then they, they'll watch it. If I feel like it's 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 more important than that, they need to see this, then frequently we will have team meetings and, and then we'll watch it together. Because sometimes I see something on the video that they don't really see the same way. So you have to explain it. And just because I'm putting it out there, it doesn't mean that they understand what I'm really what I'm really talking about. That comes with habit and with talking and, and, and repetition. 
but there are there there are, especially in the beginning of the season there's more times where i i'll have team team meetings and and team video if i i i can't you know do every player all day so you know dive divide it up to some some of the assistants of course but i'll have i like also splitting that up and if you are the head coach in general you take the two three leaders of the group and 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 you have also individual video time with them and feedback no, i love it and what, what 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 type of accountability can you use with professional players and national team players in terms of getting holding them accountable to the things that matter to you and to your program well, those guys are, they they play for money and i mean that's their life yeah you can hold them accountable for for anything really i mean it's it starts with being on time and 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 playing practicing right and, and having the right attitude and, and it's 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 a hard world out there it's very competitive and and so these guys know in at a certain time that you know, they can't they can't do this or that and and also players want to be held accountable if they are if if they are the right people if 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 you find a group that that doesn't like that it's very hard to win, but really, I, I think, and especially in, in professional sports, there's many ways to do that. I, I really think money penalties are the, 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 the very last resort, but I've been there also. It's like, you know, you can talk to somebody and put them to the side and say, you know, you're not supposed to be doing this and I need to see change. And then a second time I can say it nicely again, the third time I won't be nice. And the fourth time it will be hard. And at, at some point, and especially in, 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 in with contracts there, there's got to be some kind of there's got to be some kind of penalty some kind of some kind of accountability you know and 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 players understand that this is nothing new it's not, not nothing special but i think it's also a, a way of how you do things again how what you stress you can't you know if you if you never care about somebody being late and then all of a sudden you you attack somebody for being late then you know that's 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 not going to work He's going to have to tell them every day. So are you late? Okay, this is not right. I, you know, you guys got to be on time. This is old Coach Smith saying, you know, if if you're if you're not on time, you're late. You don't value, you don't respect other people because they're here. You know, and you be respectful to your teammates, your your the club, and to what you do really, and to yourself at the end of the day. And if it, if it doesn't work out again, you know, I, I usually in in in, uh, in in my professional teams, I start out with somebody's messing up and. I don't know if I've, I've had guys not come to practice because they overslept or something like this. I, I you know, I'll, I'll have them bring cookies or something the first time. But if it happens again, then then it's not cookies anymore. You know, it's just so, you know, that at some point there has to, and the club has to also do something about it. Do, do you feel that if you create the right environment that generally you don't have any of these issues anyways? Well, it really depends on the guys of, that you have on the team and the, the the possibilities that you have to create this team, you know, and and then what you do with it. Obviously, you know, and, and sometimes coaches aren't always capable of selecting the whole team. Like I've been, I've been now a coach in Turkey. I came in in, in December, and I, I coached the team in Egypt, and just came in in October. So some different habits have been created, and so. So you have to change and tell them what you what you feel is more important, and and so and you don't have any influence on who the players are. So that's that's the reality of it. Most of the time, not always can you choose all twelve or fifteen or whatever. And so, different personnel gives different ways of dealing with it, and also different environments. And if you're coaching a national team, these guys all want to come there. They they love coming and and. And so, I mean, they're, they're, they're never really, I, I, I can't even remember a, a time when I was some, sometimes where I needed to be going in any, any hard direction on, 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 on saying, you know, you're not supposed to be doing this because they're all so motivated to being there. Now, 
this can be very, very different in, in different environments. And, and you just got to act accordingly. And I think, you know, also culturally, I mean, Egypt's a very, very different culture from Germany. So you, you got to learn and to respect how they do things first and figure out what to do because you can't kind of just come in there and say, okay, this is how we do this. And they don't really know what, what you're talking about. So it goes a lot into it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to ask you about it. The, some of the challenges or what, how you approach it when you do take over a roster midseason. I mean, we see it sometimes in the NBA. We see it more often in Europe in terms of that coaching change in the middle season. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, preferably, I would like to have a team and, and, and build it and, and do a preseason and, and go into a season and all that stuff. But it's uh, the reality is now this is my second time that, that I've, I've gotten a job midseason. And so you basically kind of wait at home and you look around and, and scam the markets. And then all of a sudden, somebody will send you, OK, so maybe this will come up. And then you try to watch all the games that they've played prior and to see you know, what you think that, OK, maybe they could help have use help in this area this is how i would go in 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 trying to change whatever they're doing and and then when you do get the job it's it's really like again it's so much about relationships and trying to understand who's there talk and meet and meet and meet and watch tape and work it's 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 all day all day and all night you try to figure out you know what's going on and and you know it does take some time to figure out you know different cultures and different different ways and different habits and but it's also the fascination of coaching and then I've, I've, I'm super thankful to be able to have coached in Turkey now and now in Egypt and just totally different cultures from what I'm used to. And, and it, it's been a great experience and, and a great thrill. Coach, this has been tremendous. I mean, you know, going back through your background at Alba Berlin, you were very early on involved in coach education and you know you really value coaches and everything they do. So, and you've lived a coaching life with a lot of variable experiences. So. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of sharing and helping other coaches. Well, I've, I've, everything I know about basketball and coaching has been taught to me by, by, by great coaches, good coaches, bad coaches, and, and our people. And, and I feel very much appreciative of that. And that's who I am. And I feel like I'm, I'm learning every day, but, but, you know, that's also a duty on our side. I feel like we need to share. We need to give back to, to the things that we've, we've, we've received. And I think that's part of to being part of the coaching community and sharing whatever you can and helping anybody, whatever they are asking, uh, is is uh, certainly a part of my life. We had that in, in Alba Berlin. They they are trying to to grow coaches in 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 their in their on the in the club and and it's 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 part of that culture and 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 I've always appreciated that. But it's it's been even even to this day with all the coaches that I've played for, but uh, people I've played for, players I've played for, and I ask them, so how did you like this? What can I do to help you? You know, you just look around and watch all the time to to see if you can get better, but also that, that you can help and, and other people to, to, to in their problem and in their world. Tremendous stuff, Coach. I can't thank you enough for sharing the game with us. Thank you very much for having me. Are you ready to take your coaching to the next level? Thousands and thousands of coaches have already benefited from Basketball Immersion's membership community, and you can be next. Join us as an individual coach or take advantage of our exclusive pricing for staff or club members and unlock valuable learning resources with access to cutting-edge basketball and coaching concepts that will save you time and improve your coaching and your players' enjoyment of practices and games. Take advantage of this opportunity today go to www.basketballimmersion.com. 
Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and to give the basketball podcast and this week's guest a shout out on social media to show your support for us sharing the game. And to stay up to date on all things basketball immersion, subscribe to our newsletter at basketballimmersion.com newsletter.